nobody was owning responsibility for the electrification of rural healthcare centers. It was one of those incredible needs that just fell through the cracks. And the truth is, is it certainly wasn't just in India, it's in other countries as well. And so that opportunity for us to help organize sectors, to bring people together, to accomplish something with identifying a need and identifying a solution, I think really speaks to, again, the power of partnership um, and the power of adaptability in moments like this. That was Christina Skierka, founder and CEO of Power for All. And this is Power for All's podcast a forum for leaders working to end energy poverty. I'm Anand Prabhu Patanjali. In this episode, we are speaking with Christina today about the Power for All six-year journey in campaigning to end energy poverty. Welcome, Christina. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with my colleague. <laughs> and happy birthday to you. It's Power for All's birthday month. Happy birthday to you too. <laughs> this month is quite special for everyone at Power for All as you're celebrating our sixth birthday. And I'm sure it's a very special moment for you as well, Christina. First question I want to ask on behalf of the staff and everyone at Power For All, what was your Eureka moment that inspired you to start Power For All? And what is that one thing that has seen changed from day one till today? Hmm. That's a great question. And thanks so much and happy birthday to you and the rest of the team, Power for All and all of our 300 plus partners. You know, Power for All has always been about way more than just electricity connections. It's really been about the connections between us as humans. Um, so I guess, you know, thinking back to that one moment uh, when it was clear uh, that Power for All was something who, who whose time has come. Um, you know, I had done a lot of work with uh, one of the great first movers in this uh, decentralized renewable energy space, uh, D-Light. And uh, in early days, I remember really struggling to get the team to get on board with this idea of, you know, what what is beyond just killing kerosene? What is that broader future that's really about changing the way that we generate, use, and pay for energy? And you know, those early days, there was a, a report that came out from the IEA around 2010 that just had these horrible, depressing, uh, unbelievable ideas about what it was going to take to end energy poverty. And it didn't really map to what we were experiencing in the sector with incredible sometimes 30 and 40 percent growth year over year, um, but also with the deep willingness and desire to pay for and own energy uh, amongst the, the villages and consumers that the company worked with. But, you know, all of that aside, you know, working in the space, understanding the topics, etc. There was one moment, actually, when I was on the phone with uh, somebody who's now a board member of Power for All, Adam Browning. I remember exactly where I was driving. I remember exactly the place where Adam first said to me, Christina, this is a bigger problem than just one paper. You have a responsibility to launch a campaign and make sure this world has changed. So that was really the moment and it will uh, forever be in my mind uh, reminds me of the matrix right the blue pill or the red pill <laughs> i would have totally understood if i uh, uh took a step back and decided not to launch this endeavor because it's been a very big lift but uh you know standing back today uh it's it's a choice that i'm so happy that i made and that so many people came along with us and i have to admit i don't remember your first question anon <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you answered it perfectly well. Okay. I mean, that's really inspiring. I mean, like starting a journey as one person with a vision in mind and six years, that, that's a journey that speaks for itself. Question number two is like, with so many NGOs, research organizations, bilateral agencies working in Africa and Asia, where does Power for All find its niche? Yeah, well, I think so. I think there is a place for everyone, and there's so mi- there's so much need and so much opportunity to help accelerate the adoption of decentralized renewables. That I think w- when you talk about a niche, it's almost as if. Uh, you know, we sit in between everyone. I think the idea of Power for All has always been about through partnership, trying to accelerate change. You can't really create a category, which is what the sector needed, you know, a, a decade ago. You can't really create a category alone. And in fact, the idea is to get the entire sector to work together to create the environment we need for success. So that's why you know, early days working with other international NGOs to make sure that decentralized renewables and Indian energy poverty were part of their change agendas, um, trying to help companies get attention for their work and change the way they presented themselves, getting out of that way of talking about their companies as small um, or the energy they provided as small, but instead really stepping forward and taking a place at the global energy table. So I, I think I think when, when I hear about a niche, it's it's almost like we we really want to help everybody organize and work together to accelerate change. Um, and that said, the idea of having a campaign, so campaigns are different from programs. Campaigns have a particular beginning and end with a focus of a specific change in mind. And so that's why Power for All is structured the way it is uh, around three particular areas of action that will make that difference for getting the world to see the role that decentralized renewables can play, um, not only in connections, but going beyond access and changing people's lives through enabling better health outcomes, uh, livelihoods, um, you know, and, and better, you know, agricultural outcomes as well. No, that, that's, that's very, very true. I mean, especially in this sector, the more the people, the merrier, the stronger the voice, it's quicker to end the energy poverty that we are facing in 2021. From the newsletters from our supporters, most people know that we, we, we work at a very local level, like, like in Jharkhand in India and in Uganda. At the same time, we work at the global dialogues and shaping them like the UN Food System Summit that we recently participated. How does one find the synergy between a bottom-up and top-down campaign approach? And how do you keep working on that to keep the momentum going? Yeah, that's a a great, great question. Um, So in the same way that Power for All's approach has always been multi-sectoral, working with utilities, working with policymakers, working with the companies, uh, the NGOs, uh, the the media is another key stakeholder in accelerating this change. Um, It's also incumbent upon us to work both at that thought leadership level, what you're calling uh, top down and bottom up, which is really working with and through local change makers. You know, Power for All has never wanted to be a large bureaucratic organization. I think one of the things that's really special about the campaign is our ability to be nimble and adapt um, and, and to be flexible. But importantly, the key to that is working with local change makers because, you know, I, 
people people come and work with power for all either you know as as a partner on the outside of the organization or inside the organization but the goal has always been to upskill everybody who comes into our universe give them the right tools for communication help give them the evidence to make their convincing arguments and and then go on and continue to make that change around the world and so from from our perspective you know all of this is about really lighting a fire and catalyzing change. And, and to do that well, you need both what, what you might call the uh, you know ground war of bottom-up and the air cover of top-down thought leadership um, perspectives. Thanks for that. I mean, I can definitely agree on that because I've been working with Power for All about a year right now, and I'm always inspired by the work that we do at different places and being so nimble and working with the media as well as the politicians and the multifaceted stakeholders that the energy sector has. It is complex and an organization like ours is necessary working at these different levels to bring everybody together to have that right momentum and the right approach. Next question I wanted to ask you was, if you look back last six years, what are one of the biggest moments for you and the organization that makes you believe that you're one step closer to achieving Power for All's mantra? Uh, I only can pick one, huh? Well, you know, I think one of the things that we've seen most strongly in India, where you're based, is the transformation of referring to our sector simply as off-grid. We made a very conscious decision to try to change that descriptor as part of changing the narrative. Off-grid has a sense of less than uh, and not as good as, and that's simply not the case for so much of the energy provided this sector. So by really trying to get the world to refer to decentralized or distributed renewables, it's again really coming from that perspective of insisting that we're a legitimate part of the global energy supply. Um, and now everywhere I hear people say decentralized renewables or, or DRE um, instead of just defaulting to off grid, because in fact, you know, the future of energy as we see it will be more and more grid connected approaches with what was formerly known as the off grid sector. So I think that's an important one. But, you know, further, if I could, the transformation of the way these large bodies that affect the future of energy are really embracing the work of our sector, whether it's the IEA uh, really calling out the role of, for example, mini grids and ending energy poverty, or just seeing the way the World Bank has transformed and now having energy programs that have carve outs for decentralized renewable approaches. Those are really significant, big lovers of change that that will really continue to, I think, be one of uh, the, the great parts of work that we've done together over the last six years with our, our hundreds of partners. This is, is definitely not just power for all. It's, it's an entire movement that's been created. Thanks, Katrina. I mean, I would really congratulate to all our partners and stakeholders who have been with us on this journey to achieve that change, not only in India and in Africa as well. The last question I want to ask you was, considering this global pandemic and with the situation currently in India, powering healthcare is one of the key pillars of our work. Can you tell us more on this campaign and why it's more important than ever? 
Mm, I will. And I'm also going to turn it back to you and give a little detail about what we're doing in Jarcons. But uh, I think, you know, first of all, again, this really speaks to the ability to uh, adapt and meet the moment. Um, and initially, at the beginning of 2020, we didn't have a pillar of work that was focused on healthcare centers. Um, but specifically, you know, you and Divya and William working together on our efforts in India, and it was just uh, obvious that there was a huge opportunity to take this great pause of COVID-19, to take this moment where there was suddenly a new listening and a new attention on infrastructure and the complete inequity of energy access and what that meant for people surviving the pandemic, and finally address a problem that's been in existence for years, which is a number of unelectrified healthcare centers throughout uh, Southeast Asia, India, and Africa that could very quickly and easily be electrified with decentralized renewables. So it was in that pivot um, that we, I think we first really learned where we could play a role. And in particular, it was that gap between energy ministers um, and those working in health ministries. And as you know yourself, nobody was owning responsibility for the electrification of rural healthcare centers. It was one of those incredible needs that just fell through the cracks. And the truth is, is it certainly wasn't just in India, it's in other countries as well. And so that opportunity for us to help organize sectors, to bring people together, to accomplish something with identifying a need and identifying a solution, I think really speaks to, again, the power of partnership um, and the power of adaptability in moments like this right i mean like i i can i'm i'm working in jharkhand working on depowering health at the moment uh i can say that i mean like in jharkhand close to 40 to 50 percent of the rural healthcare is still unelectrified they don't have access to even basic access to like four to six hours electricity is not available so that that's what motivates me to work in jharkhand so closely uh with the officials and with the stakeholders there Thank you all for listening. A reminder that you can find a wealth of sector news, analysis, and data on our website, powerforall.org, and our platform for energy access knowledge, which we call Peak. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter and other updates. If you want to join this course and make a tax-deductible donation, you can do so from our homepage. And this month being our birthday, all our contributions are matched by a generous donor. Speak with you soon on the next episode.